Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined as always by Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? It's been a pretty good weekend. A lot of basketball. Yeah, a lot of basketball. That's one way to put it. <laughs> Do you consider the college game basketball or just solely pounding a ball into some hardwood? It is seeing how, how many times the balls can bounce before it, it deflates. That's what the college game is to me. I so much prefer the NBA, and that's why this is an NBA pod, and that's why I'm glad we're going to talk mostly about that. Mostly. I have some thoughts later on in the show, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, if you haven't already, rate and review us. We would also appreciate that a whole bunch. Matt, do you want to run us through a quick recap of episode 23? Sure. So episode 23, we talked a little bit at the top about the Kristop situation in New York, how that was developing. We hit on a lot of injury concerns and, and <laughs> shutdowns across the league, um, mostly including LeBron and Yusuf Nurkic, but some smaller ones also. We talked about in our thoughts of the week how Philly's starting to trend in the right direction, and also we had a conversation about Devin Booker He's now shut down. <laughs> so, you know. They're it's starting, a curse. Yeah, he's starting to play a little too well, and they're like, nope, can't take a chance. Um, and then our main topic was the up-and-down seasons of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Boston Celtics, the, the very high ups and the, the very, very, very low downs of that. A um, lot, of, lot of stress involved there. I'm still unwinding from that <laughs> podcast. Our games of the week... Um, yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> uh, in my game, I had the Clippers-Rockets. I, I thought the Clippers, fighting for that playoff seeding, would win 124-116. to 116. They did not win. In fact, the Rockets blew them out 135-103. to 103. The, the game just was over from the beginning. There, there was just no chance. Um, Houston's been red hot, so credit to them. Like They've just been scorching going into the playoffs. And then Ryan's game of the week, he had the 76ers-Bucks game. He had the 76ers winning 117 to the Bucks 110. Again, we were both wrong. Do we even basketball? I, this this <laughs> pisses me off because last week I said, I never take the 76ers and I'm putting faith in them. And then immediately after I put faith in them, they went and screwed it up. They lost to the Bucks 128 to 122. Oh, I'm furious about that game. <laughs> don't bet on Philly unless my thought of the week tells you to. And even then, still don't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the last time I'm trusting you and the Philadelphia 76ers. So... I never told you to trust me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right, so this week in NBA news, um, the Nets clinch, uh, clinched a playoff spot in the East with a win over the Pacers, which we'll get into a little bit. I had right. Get on the Nets bandwagon, Matt. Uh, the Pistons and Heat are just like, falling like yeah. they're, they're bad somehow the thunder ended up beating the pistons the other day and like that that's a rough patch for the pistons if that's the case right <laughs> i i think part of me is like i'm just sitting here staring at my computer screen right now be like man who who's struggling more lately the, the pistons the heat or the thunder and the fact that the thunder are even like in that conversation is just like oh my gosh but all these teams it's funny, they're all in the same conversation of fighting for a playoff spot. I mean, the, the Thunder are in because right. of just playoff numbers and, and all that. But, like, 
the Pistons and Heat aren't. Each have lost four straight games. It just it blows my mind that the Thunder are kind of in the same conversation as them. Well, it's like the Pistons were the six a couple weeks ago. Like yeah, they, like they red hot. Like hopped up to the six because of Blake Griffin, and now like. He's been hurt a little bit, and then they just haven't been playing well. Charlotte's like only a game back of them, and they beat, they lost to Charlotte today. Yeah, they did. It's just, it's kind of a mess at the bottom of the East. It's kind of fun, <laughs> but with those two teams that like actually could be a little bit fun, they're not now, and now it's just kind of a mess. I don't know. It it's a really weird situation, but yeah, both of them on four game losing streaks. Not how you want to try and get into the playoffs. Not how you want to get eliminated by the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. Um, so moving on, Ernie Grunfield uh, fired as president of basketball operations by the Wizards. This, I mean, like we saw this coming, right? Like, Sixteen years coming, but but <laughs> he was kind yeah. of the butt of like a lot of NBA jokes. Deserved, uh, yeah, rightfully so. Um, but like, man, like it was a time for a change in Washington and like we're getting that change now they were changing a lot between Otto Porter getting gone getting rid of Kelly Oubre and then now this there's a lot going on there yeah and now a lot going on with John Wall's career saying as he won't see the floor for the next two <laughs> that years that was cold that was really cold <laughs> and it's fine I'll never meet John Wall uh <laughs> So, moving on from that, Pelicans begin uh, GM searching, uh, including former uh, Cavs GM David Griffin. David Griffin was good in Cleveland, and then he was fired from Cleveland, so I don't know how I'd feel about this. I mean... He mastered mine that Kyrie trade, so, like, maybe he can step in and do something like that with the Pelicans. Yeah, I just wonder, like, he kind of helped build the Cavs. He's a really smart guy. He was with the Suns for a while when they were actually good. So, like, he's proven, like, he can handle a team that maybe hasn't always had success and kind of get them back to where you want to be. So that's why it's kind of an interesting name for the Pelicans. I don't know if he'll get the job, but it's an interesting name. But also, like, if he's a a guy that's kind of in the stage of career that wants to win now, maybe that's what the Pelicans are looking for, and you don't try and just tear it down. Retool it. Retool, yeah. That's the sure. word, of, word of the year for the Pelicans, I guess. I mean, I guess if you're already not putting people in the seats, you don't think people are going to come to see rookies. I mean, I don't know. Go for it. I mean, you have Drew Holiday. Like, he's still a competent point guard. I love Drew Holiday. I just, I don't love the organization. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they know what they're doing. Yeah. It's they, a football family. <laughs> they, they have to make a couple decisions, like, coming up this summer about Julius Randle. Anthony Davis, yeah, they, they and they do. need someone who's like a like a smart former GM, and I think David Griffin would be a good fit. But like, how long are they willing to give him? Is kind of the question. Yeah, to turn he this could team do a, a quote unquote good job in over the next couple of years. But if they're not going where the you know ownership wants him to go, he could get canned again. Yeah, maybe deserving, maybe not. But you know. He's an interesting name, at least for the GM search right now. Absolutely. Um, Something that Matt pointed out and is on our NBA news, Jerry Stackhouse, assistant with Grizzlies, becomes head coach at Vanderbilt. It's kind of surprising that he left for a college gig when he was kind of being considered for a... uh, like NBA. Yeah, he was assistant an assistant coach with the Grizzlies this year and he got some interviews last year for head coach openings like in Toronto or, or New York or Detroit and you know none of those panned out understandably so when you look at who ended up getting hired in those jobs. 
but he he had a great tenure as the Raptors G League head coach. He he got into a couple championships and won one of them. And I know it's not the NBA, but I mean that some experience. He's been on NBA bench a lot. He's obviously a, a career player. So yeah, I thought he would get another shot at some NBA jobs that are opening up this summer. And he instead took the Vanderbilt job, which it's not even like he went to school there. Right. He, he went to North Carolina. So it's kind of confusing. But I mean, you, you mentioned this off air. Maybe he's getting just a big deal. And I mean, talks. maybe it's that like alumni money. I mean, Vanderbilt's a pretty like wealthy school in yeah. terms of like it's alums so maybe that's it and maybe it's just like a long-term security thing and they've shown a decent ability to get some recruits especially as of late so they have a a, a one guy that's in my top 10 for the nba draft this year so it's like they they've proven to get some players and they've proven to be formidable in the past just these last couple years not so much and it's not like the sec is like some dominant college basketball powerhouse of a conference so like year or two you're right up there you know it's always kentucky and Auburn's taking a step. But other than that, you know, Vanderbilt could be right there. So good on Jerry Stackhouse getting that head coaching job he probably finally wanted. Yeah. But I don't know. Kind of wish he would have held out and see if he could get another shot at an NBA gig. Yeah. Um, I will add to the end of our NBA news, the Knicks secured the, uh, like, top percentage for getting the number one pick this week. Good for the Knicks. Which, that means they just lost a whole bunch. The Suns won just a little bit too much than they were supposed to. That's right, they had to shut down Devin Booker. <laughs> they shut down never Devin Booker too late. Anyways, that's uh, the big news as we're winding down. It's kind of starting to slow down, taper off with playoffs coming out, but that should kick kick back up this next week when playoffs do start next weekend, right? Yeah, like this Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Yeah, they, they start up. So we're recording this on Sunday, April 7th. So yeah, by next Saturday, they should kick 13th. back up. Because we only got a couple more days of regular season games. Man... This season has flown by. Where has this gone? It has. And we were talking about, like, the Bulls just randomly. And it's like, man, so much has happened with them that it's almost like you forget what happened. Like, they had Fred Hoiberg as their head coach and stuff like that. And then Institute Leadership Council. And (laughs) just a whole bunch of garbage. And it's like, it's just flown by. It it feels like that was just yesterday on some level. But on some level, it's like, God, that was so long ago. What's happened with this team? And... There's that overarching sense for the league, but I'm glad it's becoming playoff time. Yeah, me too. Um, Let's move on to the NBA Thought of the Week. Matt, what's your Thought of the Week right now? So going back to a couple of our news points, what's the most appealing GM job right now? I've got Phoenix, New Orleans, or Washington. What's the most appealing GM job? If so, if you were like to like, if I went through an interview process for all three teams, and you got and you got your choice, which one you got to be the GM of? Because right now the Suns they just have James Jones there in the interim, and I imagine he's not gonna be the full time guy. So if you got to pick a situation, which situation would you pick to be a part of? So in order, I'd pick one Phoenix. Uh, they have young talent. They're going to get another pick this year. They have Devin Booker, who's just been on fire at this mm-hmm. last half of the season. DeAndre Ayton's had a nice rookie season, not like anything super spectacular, but a good rookie season yeah. that you can build off of. You're getting another pick that could be like Zion Williamson, mm-hmm. or maybe even John Morant, who I really like and could be your playmaker point guard that you've been looking for in Phoenix. There's some like actual like hope for the Phoenix Suns, and plus... The expectations aren't that high 
for that for that job to like turn something around super quick. Oh yeah, if you can just get to being like the fourth worst team in the West, like that's a big step forward at this point for Phoenix. Um, so yeah, that's number one. Uh, two is New Orleans because even in like stepping into this Anthony Davis role or with this Anthony Davis drama, like you can still like get some really good assets back from that not from the Lakers and like you can flip this retool this team if you're wise like the Clippers are showing that like they've done that twice in the last two seasons Mm -hmm. they've traded two like stars and just retooled and now they're doing fine they're still fine and then the last is Washington that's the worst situation like who in their right mind would step into that situation with a guy on a supermax contract who's not going to pay f- play for the next two seasons, and you've got Bradley Beal, which like you either have to pay or let go, yeah, so, and no real like help on the way. Yeah, so it's it's tough. Phoenix does have a lot of flexibility. They only have eighty million dollars committed for next year. So <laughs> with that draft pick, you're essentially just replacing Dragon Bender's roster spot, and then you got just openings. So you're right. I would probably say the Phoenix job is the most appealing, even though it is in the Western Conference, and it's just harder to get into the playoffs in the West. And then between New Orleans and Washington, the the pressure's definitely less in New Orleans to yeah. to get there, I would say, because... As Anthony long as Davis the Saints is, are good. Yeah. Anthony Davis is all but gone. You just got to find the best trade for the team at this point. And I think the reasonable expectation is, even if you find the best trade... You're just you're a scrappy team. You're, you're losing that trade because yeah. you're losing the best player. Exactly, and then yeah, the John Wall contract's just such a mess to deal <laughs> with. And then the draft pick, just it seems like they can never get that right in Washington, and it feels like they never even have a draft pick half the time. <laughs> anyway, they're like Oklahoma City; they just never have a pick. Never know where it is. Um, probably in some Jeff Green deal. Um, so that's why. I, you're right. I would probably say Phoenix is the most appealing. But, man, New Orleans and Washington are really fighting for the last position in the most appealing man, rankings. Man, any other job opening between Phoenix and those last two, like New Orleans, like I would take like any other job. Orlando, I'm there. Uh, I don't know. Like Minnesota right now, I'm there. Yeah, I would I'd figure that one out. Yeah, I just – there's no other – young player like I guess New Orleans has drew Bradley Beal in Washington like you at least have another like semi-star if not you could call those guys stars but they just have money locked up they have money problems in both of them right and it's just so hard to navigate those situations I, I agree Phoenix is the most appealing job I think that's just another small you know, poke to the side of New Orleans and Washington. Like, man, what else could go wrong right, right. now? The one bright spot with New Orleans is that you might be able to convince Boston to give up, give up Tatum in a deal. And, I, like, that yeah. that might be a stretch, but, like, then you actually have some prospects and some, like, draft picks coming your way. But, like, Phoenix is just, like, it has, like, the groundwork essentially laid. You just have to make sure your players are developing at that point mm-hmm. and leading the organization in the right direction. And I like Phoenix's coach, Igor Kokoshkov. Yeah. So, like, overall, like, I'm pretty happy with their setup. It's just everyone seems to be, like, 20 years old. Right. Except for Jamal Crawford, who's, like, double that age. Yeah. But, like, everyone else is just super young. So you just hope that over the next four or five years it pans out, which hopefully if you're a GM, you get four or five years. But in Phoenix, 
You you may not get that one, so maybe that's... It's just... like being a king during the French Revolution. Your head gets cut off before you have any time to do anything. No, no chance. No chance. Um, so now, moving on from my uh, history reference that's <laughs> in a basketball podcast. Um, my thought of the week is the NCAA gets what it deserves with this national title game. <laughs> like, let's break it's this hilarious. down. This, let's... let's, let's Break this down. All right. So you had the opportunity to have Duke and North Carolina in a national championship. Like, that's fine. Like, that's probably the most ideal, like, situation for the NCAA in terms of, like, uh, ratings for this national title game. Like, Final Four hype. You have the best player in the game, Zion Williamson. You end up with Texas Tech, a, a school from West Texas that people are touting as a football school. Matt, when's the last time they've been to a BCS Bowl in Texas Tech? I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> That's an issue if you're saying you're a football school and you don't know when the last time you went to like a major bowl game. And not even BCS, but like playoff, been in a conversation, yeah. even Big 12 title. Hasn't happened. Virginia is like the most boring team to watch in a national yeah. title game. They slow the pace down. They're opposite of what... Like modern day NBA or not even NBA yeah, basketball, just basketball, basketball in general. So like the NCAA absolutely gets what it deserves with like not not willing to pay players, not using willing to like pay them for their likenesses. And this is what it gets for having a team from West Texas that no one cares about in Virginia, who's like the least appealing East Coast team and most boring school to watch when it comes to basketball. Exactly. And it's like both of these teams have NBA prospects that like, I'm glad they get a chance to play on the, the NCAA championship stage. But on some level, it's like two of the least appealing, like how you're saying, prospects out there is Jarrett Culver and DeAndre Hunter like those are guys are like the four or five ish guys in my rankings just below like the top three guys so it's like that's where it drops off to in the NBA prospects ranking so it's like even people like me who I really just care more for the prospect side of it I mean it could have been worse yeah um but like even so then it's like the next next guys right and like I don't know. I was listening to a couple podcasts this week and just kind of rewatching some highlights. It's like DeAndre Hunter is trying to play himself out of like ten million dollars a year. Uh, he's been so frustrated. I love him, but he has been so frustrating this tournament to watch. Like he hasn't been aggressive. He hasn't been looking for a shot. There's been like one half of basketball where it's like, oh yeah, there's a DeAndre Hunter. Otherwise, he's just been kind of coasting. <laughs> and it's like Virginia has like had every bounce go their way to get here. I know. And that's the thing, like, they had the whole Purdue bit going on. So it's just, like, I I get on some level, like, you got to win the game. So win the game however you can win the game. But, man, this just sucks. I was wanting to do, like, a watch party and everything, but I don't even want to watch it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a hard pass on this game. Like, okay, I'll watch the last two minutes, watch the team, whoever cuts it down. I'm kind of pulling for Texas Tech, oddly enough, because, like, I just, like... I don't know. It would be, like, whatever, cool story for Virginia to get bounced by a 16 seed and then come back and win the national championship. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of over this NCAA tournament at this yeah. point. Seems to have gone on for just a little too long. Yeah, and, like, the wrong players got – the wrong teams got mm-hmm. knocked out at the wrong, wrong time. Anyways, um, yeah, that's my thought of the week. Screw, screw the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for our top big topic of the week – 
this is going to be a fun topic because we're going to look back and see what we got right and wrong in this year's uh, NBA season. We're going to talk about awards, which we kind of touched on a little bit a couple weeks ago. But then we're going to go into, like, playoff seating and, like, whew, man, we had some bad hot takes in that first episode, Matt. <laughs> well, when you're trying to come in hot, sometimes you burn out, you know? That's a fair and, point. And we burned out a little, a yep. little bit, we a flew, couple times. We flew too close to the sun, and that's all right. We just don't have any wings anymore like Icarus. <laughs> uh, anyways, so let's uh, let's see what, start with our awards. Um, let's uh, snake this. We'll start with MVP, and then uh, you can start, Matt. Yeah. So my MVP to start the year was Giannis. And I feel actually, this is one of the few I feel good about looking back at it now because we were pretty spot on with this take. Yeah, my MVP was also Giannis. And my thought of the week was before we had decided to do this topic was going to be actually about the MVP race. And like, honestly, like flip a coin for me. Like, yeah, you can, like I'm fine with either Giannis or Harden being the MVP. Yeah, I I probably am too. Um, If you're going for year MVP, I'd say it's probably Giannis, but if you're talking about like the best stretch of basketball we've, we've seen in a while, it's James Harden. So you're right, it's probably flip a coin, but I feel good about both of our takes for MVP, which was Giannis. Defensive player of the year? We both had Kawhi. Oof. But it's it's not not even the conversation because he just hasn't played (laughs) a lot. He's played like half the games, which is like great for him. Like he's going to be the most rested superstar coming into the playoffs. Yeah, and like even when he has played, like he's looked pretty fluid, like pretty with it. So it's not like the rest has been like overly like in the way of his development or or gelling with this Toronto system he's just been kind of taking it easy but you can't win defensive player of the year when defense is all about intensity and motor and right. toughness when you just be like no nah, I'm not gonna play today <laughs> not on this back-to-back yeah. no thank you who who would you consider since we're not we're pretty in agreement we can't <coughs> can't vote Kawhi even though he still is a, an elite perimeter defender I mean, that's a tough thing. Um, PG was in that conversation probably towards the beginning of the year, but since his injury has fallen off, we talked about that a lot last week. Um, so I would probably lean Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I would too. Miles Turner's kind of made things interesting this year. You could even look at Giannis as a defensive player yeah. of the year, but I would probably say Gobert also. You're probably right with that. Did you see that, like, packaging? I think it was for uh, Defensive Player of the Year that the Jazz sent out. No. I it was like know. a vinyl album of, like... <laughs> it, it had, like, a picture of Rudy Gobert with, like, a saxophone. And it was, like, Rudy Gobert's, like, Defensive Player of the Year jazz album or something like that. Oh, my that. God. And it had, like, all the song listings on the back. It was, like, Mr. Defensive Player of the Year. Like, it was fantastic. Uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty good Get marketing. Get that marketing guy uh, a raise. Get or, that intern or, a raise. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a good pick, though, for, <laughs> for Defensive Player of the Year. Re- yeah, I mean, like... He didn't make an all-star game this year, which I feel bad about because, like, he probably deserved to be there. Yeah. But, like... That's that's more of a conversation of how do we vote fix, in all-stars. Yeah, yeah. fix that. Um, rookie of the year? You had said Luca. I had said trying to be different. Miles Bridges. But we all knew <laughs> Luca was going to win it. Yeah. Now, Trey Young made it interesting. Kind of in the same way Harden's making the MVP interesting. It's like we just saw, like, some dominant just stretches from Trey Young. Yeah. But... 
I don't know if I can call him my rookie of the year. Like yeah. year. Exactly. That's the point that you made earlier with the MVP is like, man, you got to do this thing for the whole season, front to back. You I'll say. You can't for, just skip in after the All-Star break. Exactly. First part of the year, you know, Jaron Jackson had a really strong case. Second part of the year, Trey Young's had a really strong case. But it's pretty much been Luka all year. He's missed some games here and there for injuries. But it's also just the Mavericks, you know, tanking. So... There's, that's part of it. But overall, like, that Luka pick is it's solid. He's who everyone thought he would be, if not more than that, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, he's exceeded my expectations this year, which is saying something. And, like, he's just, like, a fun personality to, to have in a league. He is. Him and Dirk, just, it's been fun for the Mavericks, even though they haven't been a great team. They, they've pulled off some nice games. He's had some really fantastic moments. Yeah, like the fadeaway shot in Portland in the corner. Like, I forgot that was this year. Yeah, but he's just a rookie, so it had to be this year. Yeah, Luka's <laughs> just been special. Just so special for that team. And whether it's the move he seems to have, like that step back, like he's arguably as good of it as James Harden is, the step back. And that's just not something <clears throat> you can see every day from a, a rookie. So, yeah, he's, he's a pretty clear-cut rookie of the year in my eyes. One of my favorite awards... Uh, every year is most improved player. Matt, who do you have for your most improved player? <laughs> so, I'll say it's my idea for this pick was it couldn't get any worse. It got worse. So, I'm looking like an idiot. Like we were saying earlier, don't bet on Philly. So, Markel Fultz was my pick because I literally was like, this can't get any worse. It like, just has to get better, right? It, it has to get better. It didn't. It it somehow actually got worse because he started the year like as a starter. Yep. Like, he was playing over JJ Redick, and that ended a few games in. <coughs> he fell out of the rotation, you know, uh, a couple dozen games later, and now he's with Orlando, and not playing, and he's still not playing. So yeah, it's just been just a fall from grace. Whatever grace was left for Markel Fultz, he he's fallen from it, and. It obviously looks like a stupid pick now, and I'm willing to admit that. Like, I'm cool saying it. But the idea was like, man, I didn't think it could get worse for a number one overall pick in his second year, right? Like, it's yeah. just his second year. And it did. I've never seen someone fall that hard from grace. I mean, the crazy thing is we've seen him play, what, like 10 maybe NBA games? So uh, a little more than that, but yeah, exactly. Like, it's been a handful of NBA games, and, like, we have no idea what this dude is. Yeah, he's had some like two years moments when he's played, but like it's very literally like he it's like flash in a pan and it's gone. That's it. <laughs> that's all. And so that's why like part of me is like don't give up on him. Yeah. But like I'm very weary of the fact that like he might not be in the NBA in a couple of years. Yeah. So. I, I mean like that pick is like a smart pick like at the beginning of the year because like like you said it can only go up. And, and we thought and Philly just, was gonna be good. Like, we thought yeah. they were going to be a top three team in the East, and if he was potentially starting or going to be the, the best sixth man in the league, like, it was a semi-smart pick. Yeah, and I know that, uh, like, the Markel falling off definitely accelerated their timeline, and it also acquiring Jimmy Butler, like, vastly accelerated. Mm-hmm. Put it, Like, going out and getting Tobias Harris right at the trade deadline spoke to that. Yeah. I mean, that, this team is not even the same. Like, Robert Covington and Dario Saric aren't even on this exactly. team. Exactly. So, this team's had a lot of turnover. So, I don't I don't know where to fall with Markel. I don't know where to fall with Philly and how this season's gone. I 
and no one could have seen this coming like to this full extent that it actually happened right so i don't know maybe you can say credit elton brand for making the best out of a <coughs> bad situation including the uh the whole gm burner account situation <laughs> last, last year oh my so goodness. i mean they really made the best out of it um they could all considering the the markel fultz debacle yeah uh my most improved player pick was uh jared allen which wide left on that one uh, not as bad as markel fultz <laughs> i mean but. I, it was like a cody parkey playoff field goal <laughs> It was not good. Just a bit outside. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was not good. I, I mean, like a Nets guy conversation. Like a Nets guy is in the conversation. Just, just not Jared Allen. At the beginning of the year, I thought it could be Karis LeVert with the way he started so strong, but then that dislocated ankle really kind yeah. of derailed his season. If you had to pick again, Matt, who would you? Who would your most improved player be right now? It's hard because it's at- to me, it's either Siakam up in Toronto or it's D'Angelo Russell. I mean, we're talking about this off air. It's like, man, Siakam has pretty much done it all year, but then like, crap went to hit the ceiling on with in the net with the Nets organization, and like the reason the Nets are in the playoff is because mostly of D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, and the fourth quarter heroics he he showed this year, and he's only twenty three. And he's just been getting so much better under Kenny Atkinson, whereas Siakam's in his third year. So I can appreciate that both of these guys, like, they've developed in the league over the course of a, a few seasons. I think I tend to lean towards guards. Yeah. So I'm probably going to go with D'Angelo Russell Ooh. here. But it's close. It's really close. It's so tough. And it's funny, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and I think I flipped. I think I'm on the Siakam bandwagon now. Like, he's just been so consistent all year. Like, when Kawhi's, like, been sitting, like we've talked about, like, it's it's been Siakam. Yeah. He, he's been the reason they're winning. Yeah, I mean, Nick Nurse is a good coach. He's put Siakam in a lot of good positions. But, That's true. But at the same time, like, it's a lot on him, like, his development. And you you hear him speak in interviews about, like, coming up in basketball and it's, it's been a really rapid uprising yeah. for for him over the last few years like he was playing basketball at new mexico state like he was nobody and even so like he was the 27th pick in the draft the year he came out and now in year three he finally becomes a starter full-time and just is going berserk and i think the point about like Kawhi sitting and so siakam's been the number two guy yeah most or about half the year it's it's a great point for him being the most improved player yeah his shot has really like changed this year like he's hitting three pointers this year and it looks way better way 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 better all right now we'll move on to our playoff picture what we had at the beginning of the season (coughs) compared to now which is gonna be a tough pill to swallow it's gonna be a tough one are you ready for this, Matt? Let's get it. Okay. Let's start the Easter Conference like we did in way back in episode one. Um, so we'll give our first three. Yeah. <laughs> and then talk about the first three that's actually happening right now. And then the next three. Or would you rather just give like one through one through eight and then talk about what went wrong? Let's just go one through eight. Okay. There's but quite a bit wrong. Just there's some There's some good parts in here. But just rip the band-aid off, right? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'll start. 
with the Eastern Conference. So what I had, uh, we said no particular order. We gave them like one through three, and then yeah, we kind of had like five, tier six. systems yeah. more than anything. But <clears throat> so my uh, first, like, I'll just do it. Celtics, Seventy Sixers, Raptors, Bucks, Pacers, Wizards, ugh, Miami, and the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and mine were Celtics, Raptors, 76ers, Bucks, Pacers, Miami, Charlotte, Washington. Yeah, that Washington part's not looking so, so good now. <laughs> and I, I was listening back to that episode one, and my reason on Washington was like, man, Bradley Beal's just too talented. John Wall, I may not like him, but he's got enough talent. Like, they're going to get there. They'll figure it out. Like, it's the East. They'll get there. And... I mean, literally everything went wrong <laughs> for Washington this year. The injuries. Capped off with Ernie Grunfeld getting fired. The injuries with John Wall and then trading Kelly Oubre and, and Otto Porter and only like getting back Jabari Parker and like Bobby all the, Portis. Yeah, all these like weird players who like really don't fit Trevor together. <laughs> yeah, like going out and getting Trevor Ariza. Yeah, I mean, a hard miss there. I, the talent at the beginning of the year made you think like they would figure it out. Um, but everything else, yeah, just went awry. We don't really need to retread that Celtics conversation because we had it in the last episode. Things went wrong. Yeah. I mean, I had them at a 60-65 to 65 win team. <laughs> I was optimistic, hoping they would hit 60, but yeah, obviously it didn't happen. Being high on the... We were both high on the Raptors, kind of in that 2-3 spot, so... I feel like that was pretty solid, and our reasons were pretty good. Like, we thought Kawhi would be this kind of superstar, and although maybe he hasn't been the superstar we thought he would be, the team has played like it. Yeah, and the, like, yeah, that's the overall point, is, like, when Kawhi has sat, like, they've been fine. Yeah. They haven't really had to sweat much, and he's been able to sit because of that. Um, but Milwaukee... And, yeah, we, we didn't see this big of an uprising from Milwaukee coming. I mean, they... I we knew they were going to be good. Like, we had Giannis as our MVP. Yeah. We had talked about Budenholzer as, like, a reason the Bucks would be trending upwards in the NBA. Like, just getting a new coach, a competent coach yeah. in Milwaukee after a couple years of Jason Kidd and Joe Prunty. Like, it, that just <laughs> mess. And so, like, they had fixed that, and we thought, like, man, that's going to take them to a solid top four team. And they're way more than that. Chris Middleton's, I think, really emerged. Eric Bledsoe hasn't been abused all year. Like has he was figured in the playoffs. it out. Yeah. So I think that, I would say out of everything, that's probably for both of us our biggest miss. Yeah. Not seeing the Bucks just explode. Um, the Pacers we had right, like right yeah. there. We didn't see that Oladipo injury happening. And honestly, they might have been a top three team then if that Oladipo yeah. doesn't, injury doesn't happen. Yeah, you're probably right about that. And then just towards the bottom, we both had Miami in, which we mentioned at the top, like, they may not sneak in there. They were looking okay for a while, but they've, they're falling off hard, and they need to get a couple wins now. They lost two straight to, to Boston on two games and three nights, I think, so that yeah. really hurt their chances, too. I, I think the reasons were good. We said had a really solid team, just a bunch of good players. You know, if you don't put players on the court who don't suck, like, <laughs> you might win a game. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then I'd also mentioned, I thought they were going to get Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Like, that was, I mean, that was the rumor at the time, right? Yeah. That was, like, that Josh Richardson would get gone or 
you know, a few other pieces you could trade. And, and it never obviously happened. He ended up going to Philly. But, like, the idea was, like, even without him, they're still a good team, still a lot of solid players. They've had a lot of injuries also um, between Waiters and Drogic and, and some other guys, but just not really been the, the team that would be very explosive or, or anything like that. But it's not like either of us are really high on them. I thought they'd no. get in, but it's because it's the East. The nice surprise from them, I think, is, like, Winslow kind of figuring it out this year, like, as a point yeah. forward. Yeah, figure out how to use him more. Eric Spolster is kind of creative with him. I think that's actually been a small bright spot for Miami. Even if they end up not <clears throat> making the playoffs, I think it's been a small bright spot for them. Yeah, and D-Wade, farewell yeah. tour. Yeah, I think there's been a lot going on for Miami this year. Even if they don't make it, like it's still a memorable season. Absolutely. The Nets, I'm just going to rub that in your face one more time. Yeah, I mean, I get it. <laughs> like It's fine. Um I thought, like, they're just slightly above 500 right now. I thought they would be, like, a 38-win team max, yeah. and that's how they would slip in. I mean, they still might not make – or, no, they did clinch. We said they, did they clinch. clinched. They just clinched today with a couple games left. So, it's like they, they squeaked in um, like like we thought – or like you thought they would, which makes sense. My squeak-in team was Charlotte. Um, which they might. Still a chance. They might still. Yeah, knocked off Detroit tonight. Um, and so, still got a couple games left to – to hit that 40 win mark and, and get in. So I, I'm not feeling terrible about that. Like they are who I thought they were going to be. Like they were going to squeak into the playoffs. Kimball Walker was going to do his thing and get them there. And again, weak Eastern conference. And, you know, I feel okay about that. Even if they miss it by a game, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I'm cool with Charlotte, man. I Hats off to Kimbo. Like this year, he's trying. Like honestly, <laughs> he's doing everything. As a trade deadline, I would be like, "I'm out of here. Get me out of here. Like, find a trade package. Get me to LA." Yeah, I, I applaud him for still really <laughs> going for it. You know, the second half of the year, even with like what seems like some questionable coaching decisions, but you know, it's Charlotte. They're pretty cap locked. They don't have a great roster. There's only so much you can do with that team right now. So I get them not making it if they end up not making it. But at the time, the reasons are still pretty much what the reasons are now. Kimba's just going to lead a bunch of mediocre dudes to the playoffs, and it's the East. Yep. Still might happen, but I, the reasons were solid, and, and I'm okay missing on that one. Yep. That's good. Western Conference, you ready to move on to this? Yeah. All right. So yeah, my mine is uh, it's something else. All right. So I got the Warriors, Jazz, Rockets, Lakers. Thunder, Nuggets, Spurs, Trailblazers. Yeah, not. it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I mean, like, Jazz not making it up to those, like, 2-3 spot like I thought they would. Yeah, they're, they're kind of settling in at the 4-5. It's only a couple spots off there, but, I mean, pretty solidly in the playoffs, so. Uh, the Lakers, I think, yeah. is... Hard, hard miss there, but I had them in, too. I mean, we both... Like, how could you better... I mean, like... We talked about this in the past, either on air or off. Is like if LeBron stays healthy, they're probably in, and the Thunder aren't. Yeah, if he doesn't miss, you know what, what was that, 15, 20 games? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big difference. Also, we thought like maybe they could do stuff at the deadline. Like they had some options, and just obviously nothing really materialized. And then everything that could have gone wrong injury right injury wise for even the young guys like Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball did like Lonzo missed another half of the year just stuff like that just kept popping up for them and it's funny listening back when I said like <laughs> Los Angeles is getting in I made sure to clarify yeah the Lakers not the Clippers and here we are Clippers 
firmly in the playoffs. <laughs> Lakers firmly on the couch. <laughs> With us watching the playoffs. Um, yeah, like I think that's another big miss we had is like I I think I've said this in the past. I like what the Clippers had at the beginning of the season, like young talent. They had some mm-hmm. picks possibly and some cap like flexible cap. And like they've retooled their team again this year and like yeah. are making the playoffs and might get to the second round, which yeah. sounds crazy. Just have like ten good players. On Just your don't team. play anybody that doesn't suck. You've said yeah. that already. Yep, it's a it's a good philosophy. My eight, um, real quick, where <laughs> Golden State, OKC, Houston, Denver, Utah, Los Angeles, New Orleans, and San Antonio. So with that. A lot of them, one, Oklahoma City was looking like a top two, top three team a lot yeah. this year. It's only been these last 15 or 20 games that, man, they've just hard fallen off like we talked about last week. Man, just on that, Paul George going 8 of 24 tonight to score 27 points. Yeah, having a Russell Westbrook game. Um, yeah, it, it's been rough for them as of late. Like, that that was looking pretty good for a while. And Houston being up there, uh, that's a three. It's pretty solid, pretty much about what they where they are. They could still move up, but you know, pretty solid as three. Had Denver there. I was really high on Denver at the beginning of the year. I didn't think they'd be two, you know, I in that one two yeah. all year. Yeah. But I, I had them pretty firmly in taking that next step. I was a little lower on the Jazz than you. Um, ended up they're probably gonna be about that five ish spot, and I had them around the five six. So, yeah, with them. Lakers then and we just hit on them New Orleans I, I had the same idea that I had with Charlotte you're gonna have a superstar they're gonna get you in um, yeah. you just hope everything else works out even New Orleans had Drew Holiday also so I was hoping like that Anthony Davis would just play the year one and at the beginning of the year they were doing okay but obviously everything fell off for them and they just hard plummeted and then I had Spurs get in because Spurs have to get in death taxes and Spurs that's it even if Greg Popovich is, you know, 100 years old, still coaching, I'm going to bet on the Spurs. It's crazy, like, that team, like, I don't know, halfway in December just felt like they weren't going to make the playoffs. And, like, that was it. Like, when Marcus Aldridge wasn't playing all that well, yeah. DeRozan was just, whatever, like, he's DeMar. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, they've just found a way in. Yeah. They've and got even a- recently they had that rough rodeo road trip where they yeah. were, like, one in six. And they bounced back from it, like we talked about. I think they went and won, like, seven straight games after that. Like, that's kind of what the Spurs have done. Even if you hit a rough patch, they bounce back, and they're in the playoffs yet again. That mental toughness of that team is something else. Like, like uh, something the Celtics need this year, honestly. Just, like, we're not going to lose this game. Yeah. And, and on some level, like, Kyrie has it, but not a lot of other players do. And so that's why, like, the Spurs, like, I had a bet on them. It looks good now. Still don't know if they're really that great of a team. They're probably going to get bounced in the first round. But they're they're always going to get in. And so then in the West, that means we, we didn't see a, a couple of these teams coming considering we both had the Lakers in. So you mentioned the Clippers. Like, yep. Just ended up being so much more solid than we thought they would be. SGA just like not in the rookie of the year conversation, but dang, has he been good. He's uh, He's been like a top six top eight rookie whenever he was dropped drafted outside of the top eight so i'd say that's a that's a win for the clippers there and then for me i had portland missing for new orleans um just because i was betting on anthony davis and drew holiday more than i was betting on dame and cj mccollum 
just because I thought like that was gonna go stale. And the idea was pretty similar on both. They both have two guys. One of them's gonna go stale. Yeah. I bet on Portland going stale instead of New Orleans. Obviously, Portland's been able to kind of do what they've done the last several years, which is we're just gonna play really solid basketball. No one wins in Portland yeah. <laughs> ever, and uh, you know we're just gonna get in somehow. Well, that, like that's the thing to me about like Portland. I had them like squeaking into the playoffs, and they're like solidly like the three or four at this yeah. point, and like. I don't know what to do with Dame. Like, he's not in the MVP conversation, really. Maybe he should be. Maybe he should, and maybe he should be. But, like, his, like, he's not a most improved player. Like, there should be some sort of reward for, like, these guys who just produce numbers, right? Exactly. All NBA and All Star. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. But, yeah, you're right. Like, he's just been fantastic this year. Even CJ's missed quite a bit of time. And so it's really just been Dame. And Nurkic is out now. Yeah. Nurkic had taken a big step and was really helping this team, giving them a different dimension yep. that they really hadn't had for the last few years. And so him being out now, yeah, obviously sucks going into the playoffs because now even if they are a, <coughs> a team in the 3-4 spot, they still might get bounced in the first round. Which sucks. Yeah, I know. So... It's kind of one of those tough situations that how last year ended with them getting swept by New Orleans in the playoffs, and then there's a pretty decent chance if you would play Utah or, or even Oklahoma City if they start to figure it out now that they've won a couple straight towards the end of the year, could <coughs> get balanced in five or six games again yeah. this year. Yeah, the West is so brutal. Like, uh, I mean, like now it's oh, I had it pulled up. It's a uh, so, like, the matchup would be, right now, like, if the season ended today, Golden State and San Antonio, Denver, OKC, Houston, Los Angeles, the Clippers, which would be fantastic, by the way, and then uh, Portland and Utah. And that, like, switches between the minute you look at yeah. the standings and, like, congratulations, Portland. You get to, to uh, host a home playoff series. Guess what? You get Utah who's no fun yeah. to play and like they're a tough out and like usually like portland has the advantage of like ah people don't like playing in portland well people don't like playing in salt lake city either because <laughs> the elevation and, and everything goes on there so yeah it's not like that really gives you the advantage that you're used to having even so i, I understand why we were lower on portland but man they just they've showed up they always do they show up every night there's something to be said about that um and then be a man i can't I can't believe we bet so high on the Lakers. <laughs> I and, just keep looking at it. I keep staring at it like, why didn't we see it? Like, why didn't we see this coming? I mean, we had reser- I think we had reservations about the Lakers. It was like, well, the Lakers aren't really all that great. But LeBron James factor, you have to put them in the playoffs yeah. somewhere. somewhere. Exactly. I know. And and maybe that's it. I can't can't be too harsh on us right now. But that's like the one thing my eyes just keep coming back to. I don't mean to keep rehashing LeBron and the Lakers. <laughs> but we haven't talked about them um, too much lately. But like just the young guys <laughs> and then the, the I mean, like, quote-unquote team they put around LeBron and their bench unit. I mean, going back to that Anthony Davis thing is like that also ruined their year too. Like there was that one night in Indiana where they just rolled over. Like they yeah. just like – they gave up. Lost by like 40. a million. <laughs> yeah, lost 40 by 40. Points. And then like after the trade deadline passed, they end up going to Boston beating Boston. Yeah. I, and that's the thing. Like you wish the Lakers team we saw in moments, they could have like been consistent all year or players would have been, you know, there all year playing as hard as they could have. And it just 
many different reasons that team didn't materialize into what we thought it would. But I, I get what happened and why it happened. Also, I would like to take a moment here. LeBron James was not engaged this year at all. No, and I think he saw what a lot of people also saw, like the reservations you mentioned. Like, God, I'm playing with Rondo and Lance Stevenson, <laughs> JaVale right now. Who, who are we bringing out here? Kyle Kuzma? Was he hitting 32% from three and he's my three-point shooter? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, um, and I wonder if that was part of it. Maybe he just had those nagging injuries. And he, he just decided, like, this is the year. I'm out yeah. on, on it. I'm not fighting through all these injuries just for you all. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, <laughs> that's the one thing is, like, you get to live in L.A. and just lose a whole bunch of games and maybe you can get something out of it. Um, man. <laughs> go get R.J. Barrett, young go, Kobe. Go get <laughs> – yeah, because that's going to work with LeBron. He's going to say, get this kid out of my yep. face in the next two minutes. Why is he taking 30 shots? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um do you want to add anything else about what we thought at the beginning of the year versus now? Because, man, this has been a year. Yeah. No, I feel pretty good about these teams, um, what we thought what we thought they were going to be. For the most part, they were. They were that. Didn't see every little, little bit coming that did um, happen, whether it's the Harden absolute run that we saw or, or Denver's huge step. But overall, a lot of our thoughts on these teams were pretty, pretty spot on. So I'm pretty overall happy with how it went. Some some misses, but also some hits. Yeah, it's like you're swinging for the fences, and sometimes you strike out. Uh, and I struck out with uh, with picking Miami and Washington to get the playoffs, which is not Oops. happening. Whoops, is right. Uh, let's talk about our game of the week, Matt. Who you got? So my game of the week <laughs> is going to be two teams. Fine for the bottom of the Eastern Conference playoff standings. Um, could actually be a really important game, just depending on how it all plays out. I didn't think in the last day of the season I'd have these two teams in my game of the week, but <laughs> here we are. Orlando at Charlotte, Wednesday, April 10th, 7 p.m. Central Time. That could be for the division. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> how disappointing is that? Um, hey, someone gets to hang a banner from this game. I guess that's true. Um, <laughs> one of these teams will get in the playoffs. I doubt both will. But one of them will, and this could be the determining game. So, ride or die. I got Charlotte 118, <laughs> Orlando 113. Been crapping on Orlando since episode one. Let's go. <laughs> and you're not taking it back. I love it. I love the all in play. Give me Kemba one last ride in Charlotte. Like, That's what I'm thinking. Man, just like I can see it, like his step back, just kind of icing this game, putting it away. That's That's my hope. I got them 118-113, so a little bit comfortable. But although a Kimba game winner would be just as nice. Oh, man. We talked about like players we want to see in different destinations at the beginning of the year. Kimba has to be one of those guys for me. Top like, three for sure. Get him, get him to L.A. for the lo love of God. My game of the week this week is going to be a homer game. It's going to be uh, Rockets at Thunder. The Thunder are probably going to be fighting to get that playoff seating. And the Rockets might be trying to avoid playing the Warriors in the second round, so... Yeah, they could be trying to lose, but... Also, they'll probably end up blowing out the Thunder. But I got the Thunder winning, 120 to 115. Um, and it's on and a Tuesday, uh, April 9th. Uh, it's broadcast on T TNT, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. Man, don't, don't bet against the Rockets. Man, I, I immediately regret that, but I'm sticking with it. 
It's on the podcast now. It's on the take po- it back. Yep. It's like you said, I'm all in. Give me thunder up. Thunder up, Matt. Nah. <laughs> Matt, what what else do you have to add before we get out of here and end this podcast for the week? You know what? I think that these last couple of days, I, I'm going to try and watch so much like because <coughs> I'm a big believer in momentum yeah. going into the playoffs. I want to see either Houston continue to dominate or someone like Boston like really just stay hot and, and see if that'll that'll elevate them as they move in that first round series. How crazy would it be if like Boston just like rips off like all I'll these games it. and gets into the like Eastern Conference they, Finals? They lost today, um, but they'd won I think like three or four straight. So if they can win a couple more going into the playoffs, and then they get a you know a weak Indiana team, I'm all for momentum and then carrying us. Yeah, it's just like whoever's the hottest like. Like we uh, touched on earlier with the NCAA, it's whoever's hottest or whoever gets the most lucky bounces. And playing Indiana in the first round might be the most lucky bounce for Boston. Exactly. So, yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm excited for the playoffs to start. Everyone complains about how long the playoffs are. I just want more NBA playoffs. Like oh, all the playoff time. basketball over this stuff any day. Absolutely. Next time we record a podcast, we'll be talking about playoff results. We will be. How do you feel about that? I feel great. Me too. I feel so good. I'm so excited. This is like my Christmas. Like, it's so awesome. Two Christmases. Two Christmases. Let's go. All right. Well, that's enough for us uh, on this week's edition of the Couch GM Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us on uh, Twitter at NBA Couch GM Pod or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher or whatever podcast platform of your choice. Remember to rate and review us and that would help us out a whole bunch. We also thank you in advance for doing that. We'll uh, see you guys next week. Play up basketball time. Let's go.